0: Welcome to the Looper Podcast, a show where we make the rounds with interesting golf personalities. Here's your host, Eric Payton. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. As you might have noticed, we took a little break from posting episodes over the last couple months, but we're back today with a really great episode. This interview is with Tad Fujikawa. Tad has a really great story. He was the youngest player to ever qualify for the U.S. Open, the second youngest to make a cut at a PGA Tour event, and he's the first openly gay male professional golfer he's also currently playing mini tour events and qualifiers during a pandemic trying to make it back to the pj tour so without further delay enjoy this episode
1: hey uh my name is tad fujikawa i am 29 years old um i'm from honolulu hawaii and uh
0: yeah Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. And uh, so how'd you start get started playing golf?
1: Um, So I did judo uh, very competitively um, as a young kid. And uh, I started golf to build my grip strength uh, for judo. Um, So judo was kind of like my, uh, my main sport. Golf was very like recreational. I did some, you know, junior tournaments and stuff, but um, I wasn't, you know, super serious with it. Um, it wasn't like my, it wasn't my, my sport where I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, but, uh, when I was about 12 years old, I kind of had to make a decision on what I, uh, need or basically what I wanted to focus on. And, um, I was doing judo golf and I was playing the piano all at the same time. And it was a lot, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I just so happened I picked golf, um, funny because I was actually the worst at golf out of all three. Oh really? But um wow. I mean I, I I was a pretty good golfer like yeah. you know my eye hand coordination was always very good. Um but you know in comparison to to all the three golf was um probably my least successful. Yeah. Uh but uh but, yeah I some something about it um you know I I don't know if it was the challenge of it or or what but um but I I decided to to pursue golf and um, you know yeah the rest is history yeah yeah right <laughs>
0: so do you still do a little bit of judo and piano
1: I do um, I play the piano a little bit mainly for relaxation I'm not as yeah. good as I used to be because yeah. I still practice yeah. but um, judo I don't do it hardly at all um, when I go back to Hawaii and uh, my our our family owns our own dojo uh, okay. which is our you know our, our club yeah. And um so, you know, sometimes when I'm in Hawaii I'll go back um to practice and just help out and stuff. Yeah. But um not not competitively yet yeah. no, I I don't got uh I don't got that stamina anymore. It's yeah. a little different. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I bet, I bet. Um so growing up in Hawaii, I'm sure I mean, even those two things that you mentioned, I've never been to Hawaii, but I know that there's a there's plenty of other things awesome, great things to do outside. Um, at what point did you really start to, to focus or to hone in on golf, um, over all of those other, you know, you could be surfing, you could be in the ocean, you could be hiking, you could, Mm -hmm. all these different things. Um, was it just something that as you started to focus on it, you got better and better and wanted to hone in on that Um, skill or was it?
1: Yeah, I, so when i was 11 12 um you know i decided okay golf is is kind of what i want to try to focus on and and see how far i can go with it um and then my coach at the time in Hawaii was uh starting up a junior golf program for like um it's like an elite junior golf program yeah. and so all these kids you know from 12 years old to high school um, would basically meet after school and practice together and play together, um, and he he had a lot of the the top juniors in the state at the time. So, um, luckily, you know, I I joined the program, and I got good really fast. Um, main, I think it was mainly because I was playing with kids older than me. I I was all, I mean, I, when I joined, I was the youngest. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was twelve years old playing with sixteen, seventeen-year-old kids and um so it made me you know wanted it actually forced me to do better um and i i think that's how i progressed um pretty quickly
2: yeah
0: yeah and so what 3 4 years later you find yourself mm-hmm. in the US open when you um and that's kind of the first uh, obviously the first time that a lot of people on the on the national stage had had heard of you um right I, because you're 15 at the time mm-hmm. when you went into like try to qualify did you have in your mind like i can make this um or mm-hmm. were you just kind of going in for fun and for experience and, and what what was what was that like as you as you actually went through the process and qualified
1: um yeah it was It it was not something that I was like, okay, I'm going to qualify for the U.S. Open. Like, it it wasn't um, wasn't something that I I expected. Um, You know, I I thought at the locals I had a pretty good chance. At that time, I was playing a lot of amateur stuff and like open tournaments, so um, I knew a lot of the guys that were playing in the in the local qualifier in Hawaii. So, as far as that goes, like, I knew I had a decent chance of you know maybe making it through um and then uh in the sectional that was the last year they had the sectional in Hawaii and they were like I don't know maybe 15 or 20 guys maybe um and uh we played for one spot and I knew some of them um there was a couple guys from the mainland but um I didn't you know I it was two rounds it was my first sectional 36 holes in one day and i didn't expect any i've never i'd never played the course before except for like a practice round so oh, wow. um it was uh it, it was kind of a surprise um i had been playing well though i mean like leading up into it obviously yeah. um but uh but yeah it wasn't something that i was like okay i'm gonna go and and qualify for the u.s open um Funny thing is, the U.S. Open was my first U.S.G.A. event that I qualified for.
0: Oh no way! So
1: out of <laughs> out of all of them, out of the U.S. Junior, U.S.M. at that time, they still had public links. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, I just kind of jumped in, and yeah. and uh, you know, but it it was really crazy. Um, you know, just being in the atmosphere and um, being around, you know, all these pros that. You see on tv yeah um you know it it was definitely an experience yeah Um,
0: so who was who was like the pro that you you saw during that experience that maybe gave you the most um you were the most starstruck by or uh Um, you were following the most or whatever that was
1: so i'm not really a golf watcher like i i don't uh watch a lot of golf to be honest yeah um and i don't follow really any any players like i I never really had a favorite player yeah. um growing up but uh but i you know i think overall it was just like being around everybody like the big crowds um obviously all the pros and and uh you know it, it was just it was really cool Yeah, it was really cool it's definitely an experience that um at the time i never <laughs> i didn't really i i think for me it didn't really hit me like how special it was, but now looking back at it, it's like wow, that's that was a pretty incredible achievement, like yeah. for someone at my age. And um, but obviously at the time, I was just like, okay, this is awesome, like yeah. this is fun, you know, yeah, um, just kind of soaking in the experience.
0: Yeah. Do you think that helped you? Because so you were the youngest to ever qualify for the U.S. Open, and I think you is, you still are, aren't you?
1: I think I'm second youngest okay. now if I remember correctly, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at the time I was the youngest.
0: Do you think Mm -hmm. that, um, your age and maybe just not being aware of the gravity of the situation helped you in both qualifying and then, and then playing in the actual event? Were you? uh, Oh yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. I, I think, I mean, obviously I, I recognize like the, the moment and, and, you know, what i was doing yeah, but yeah. um you know it didn't hit me how great of an achievement it was yep. and um you know i think mentally i didn't like overplay the situation yeah um and, and i think that helped me a little bit mm-hmm. and uh just to you know really just to enjoy my time there yeah um and then you know from there just kind of play golf yeah but, um but yeah it, it was it was really cool yeah
0: so then, who did they who'd you, who were you paired with during the uh, first two days?
1: Um, I was paired with two guys. I think, I think they were playing like either mini tours and like okay. um, at the time, to- I don't know if it was nationwide. It's either nation, I think it was nationwide okay. at that time. Um, I can't remember the, the names. Yeah. yeah. I think that was after Nike tour. I think it was nationwide, okay. but um, could have been buy.com no yeah, maybe it was nationwide it's changed so i can't times. remember yeah yeah i know i know um but yeah the, they weren't uh any big names there were other qualifiers as well mm-hmm. so
0: okay and so that event was at wingfoot which is, mm-hmm. is is what is supposed to be this year so if we if we have a us open this year in september it'll yeah. be at the same place uh where you played what do you remember about that course and uh i guess what stands out to you about it um
1: it was just hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just hard like there's no real hazards that you can hit it in like there's you know there's a couple of creeks that run like in between the fairways so like you're gonna lay up short of it anyway mm-hmm. um or nowadays if you're Bryson you can hit it over the yeah, creeks. Right. I don't know um but uh but yeah there there weren't you know any holes that you're like okay I have to like stay out of trouble. I mean it was just, you know, the fairways were tight, narrow, rough was ridiculously Mm -hmm. long and thick. Um and uh it was pretty firm. It was pretty firm. Um nothing like wild, but uh it it was just hard. I mean it it was it's a it's a fairly I wouldn't say super long, but it's it's long enough. It was a par 70 um and the rough the rough was just so thick like unplayable yeah like it was it it was ridiculous like you hit it like one yard in the rough and you're like pitching out sideways yes yeah it's crazy um but uh but yeah it it was a great test of golf Mm -hmm. I mean you you needed to have full control of your golf ball Mm -hmm. and um you know it would be interesting to see if they make it as difficult Mm-hmm. as it was uh because for a while there um you know i think five over par one at wing foot and then i think the next year at oakmont five over par one as Jeez. well <laughs> and then i think the u.s open kind of got i shouldn't say easier mm-hmm. but um the, the setups weren't quite as difficult in, in my opinion yeah as the years have gone on um i mean obviously weather has a lot to play with that as well but uh I like to see it play real hard like that, yeah. and, and see what the players would shoot. Um, it, it really would be interesting, um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be cool. Well, if they have it, yeah. it would be cool to to see um, how the players would do, mm-hmm. uh, you know, under under a similar condition.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you you go through the U.S. Open experience at fifteen years old. And then shortly after, what, six or eight months later, you play mm-hmm. in the um, the Sony Open in Hawaii in your hometown. Um, and you become, I think, I looked this up, at second or third youngest to actually make the cut in a PGA Tour event at mm-hmm. 16. Um, describe to me that experience, and how did it, that compare maybe to the U.S. Open? Because it was in your hometown, and I'm assuming you mm-hmm. had just tons of, of family and friends following you and rooting for you. And-
1: yeah. Yeah. It it was a totally different experience. Um being like home. Mm-hmm. It was different, you know, being at the US Open, it's just like everything's on a bigger scale. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you get more top players, um, you know, stuff like that. But being, you know, with the Sony being in Hawaii, like for me. Um, I just had so many supporters. It's like mm-hmm. it felt like the whole island came to watch me. Like it, it was that that many people. It was yeah. insane. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it was a very different experience. Um, I was also my expectation was maybe a little different as well. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, it, I I think for me that the Sony was was the thing that kind of kickstarted my my career mm-hmm. in a way um, the US Open was just a great experience and I think the Sony was more of something that um, gave me gave me the confidence to to know that I can play yeah. on that level yeah yeah
0: so was maybe before and after the Sony was did you have thoughts of playing in college and was that kind of like a turning point of like no I'm
1: mm-hmm.
0: I can make this.
1: Um, you know, I obviously I had plans to play in college. Um, that was like something that I was starting to gear up for, um, playing, you know, AJGAs and stuff. But uh even after the Sony, I didn't I really wasn't thinking about turning pro. Um, Mm. it didn't really cross my mind um until I started getting a lot of exemptions like into all these events like all over the place. And I couldn't um my family couldn't afford to play play all these tournaments and travel everywhere. Yeah. So I, the the only option I had was basically to turn pro uh, just to have enough money to travel to all these tournaments that I was getting into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, July. Yeah. July of that year. So 20, uh, 2007 July, um, I turned pro. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, even right after the Sony, I didn't. It really wasn't a thing where I was like, okay, now I'm gonna turn pro. Like, yeah, I was still thinking of going to college and and going that route. Yeah. But um, you know, obviously I had of had a lot of um, you know, special opportunities uh to to play in uh, these events. Yeah. And, um. So I needed. I felt like I wanted to try to take advantage of it as best as I could.
2: Yeah. And,
1: um. You know, I figured it would be a, a great experience and. What's in a lifetime opportunity you know yeah
2: yeah
0: so I got to imagine that there was a lot of pressure on you right when you turned pro uh, because what only you, you kind of just burst on the scene at a very young age and mm-hmm. I'm sure you got some comparisons to Tiger Woods and all these sort of people that said like you know if this kid is this good this young imagine what a ceiling is mm-hmm. how was did you feel that pressure and and did that was that surprising or a burden to you when you first uh, were trying to make it then on on tour?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, re- there weren't really that many comparisons to like Tiger. Um, it it was, and, and really there weren't very many comparisons to to a lot of people. Um, okay. At that time, I was kind of like one of the only young guys that were on the scene um so it it was kind of a big deal for the golf world mm-hmm. um and and i really didn't get that many comparisons okay. um i think mainly because tiger had won so many so many events like yeah as an amateur and um you know going to college and all of that stuff so yeah. we didn't have too many like similarities in the in that state yeah um but um but I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself. Obviously, there's I'm sort of a perfectionist, so um I naturally naturally kind of fall towards that yeah that path. Yeah. But um but yeah, I mean, you know, getting a lot of media attention and, and that sort of thing um obviously adds a little bit of pressure. And um, you know, for for me, myself, the expectations that I had um, you know, were maybe maybe a little too high and Um, having so much success at an early age, you know, without really knowing what it was like to struggle Mm -hmm. um, was difficult.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, going forward, it was difficult because when I did struggle, it it was, um, you know, it it was something that I didn't really know how to handle. Yeah. Um, And, and I was young and, you know, had a lot of media attention and that sort of thing as well. So it was, um, it was obviously, obviously, something that I needed to learn, and um, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I think for me, um, a lot of the pressure was put on by myself. I yeah. Mean, it, it, it obviously, you know, you feel pressure from family and friends, and and you know, the golf world. But yeah, um, a lot of the pressure was put on just just from me I gotcha. personally. Yeah.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. So in in those early days as a pro, is there anything that stands out as a a highlight to you that you um, are really proud of what you accomplished in on tour uh, somewhere at some
1: event? Um, Yeah. I mean, I've had a bunch of good, you know, good rounds, good finishes. Um, I, so I think obviously like 2007, um Sony you know was mm-hmm. the first first tournament where I was you know where I really was on the scene and and for me obviously that's a highlight um I think 2009 Sony when I shot 62 in the third round mm-hmm. um that that's definitely a highlight for me um I mean there's been a few highlights in between yeah uh, 2009 I had a really good year um playing tournaments uh I think I made I think three out of four cuts on tour. And then I think I had like a top 15 in the nationwide event. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I played pretty good that year. Um, you know, I, I think 2009, 2010 was, um, was a good year for me. 2010, I didn't play that many tour events. Yep. Um, but I started playing, um, mini tours and stuff and I had a really good year on the mini tours. Um, so you know, right around that that time, um, you know, I had I was playing some pretty pretty good golf.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so then, uh, what I've read is shortly after around that time, um, you said you lost your game, you lost your swing. What what mm-hmm. happened there? And um, I actually read an article that you had said like you couldn't even hit the ball, like you just basically shank it. Yeah. Is every I mean, so what was, what was yeah, going on there? So-
1: Um, around 2011, yeah, middle of 2011, um, I just kind of lost my game, my swing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was working with an instructor and, um, basically it just went downhill. Um, I, I wasn't, so it was kind of like in transition with the, the mechanics. And I just lost my confidence, um, you know, in, in my swing. And then, you know, it started becoming mental. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, it was, uh, it kind of went all downhill from there for a long time. Um, And then I don't know exactly when it was. um, I want to say maybe 2013 yeah somewhere around there 2012 2013 maybe um i developed like uh <laughs> so basically like i would take it up to the top and like i couldn't swing down mm. so like basically like what kevin now was going through oh yeah um yeah if if you all remember yeah. that um i was basically like that uh maybe worse okay but it it was like the same thing like i i would take it up to the to the top and i like i could like literally my body would just freeze and i couldn't swing down
0: wow okay
1: yeah it, it it was so that took me it was kind of back and forth but it took me a good two or three years to get rid of that um and that honestly that was like the hardest thing that i've ever gone through yeah. like I just wanted to quit golf I didn't even want to play like it was it was that bad yeah um but uh somehow I made it through yeah and so
0: so how did you make it through how do you get over that hump I mean you know you know we see guys on tour and maybe even some weekend guys go through a time where they're just ever it's lost you've Mm -hmm. you maybe can hit it on the range and then the second you step on the tee it's gone Or, or you know there's this it's Mm -hmm. mechanical but it's also uh, very mental as well and what's what was how did you get over that barrier
1: um i mean honestly it's still a work in progress there's Mm. a lot of residual scar tissue there yeah but um it's just through i mean obviously you know working on mechanics getting confidence that way um i think for me was was a big deal like Finding something that I believed in again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, when I was a younger kid, i I didn't really know anything about golf swing and mechanics. I just literally went out and played, mm-hmm. and I think that's how I got so good. I was just real raw. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, obviously, I had an instructor and all that stuff, but I personally didn't know like what I was doing, so I would just look at the target and hit it. Yeah. And you know. Um, that's the way you know i was just playing golf mm-hmm. and i got into a point where it was like okay i started learning about the golf swing this is what i i want to fix or this is what i don't want to do and um you know that that got me into a place where um i just lost my confidence you know i felt like what i was doing was not right mm-hmm. uh, or or not efficient and i wanted to change it obviously to try and get better and um you know, I just went, went down the wrong path. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it it could have, you know, just as well gone the other way. Yeah. So, you know, it's a really touchy, touchy subject. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you know, it's something that I've learned from, obviously I've tried to go back and, and just play golf. Um, but it, it, it's tough to go back to just playing without mechanics once you know like your mechanics are not good yeah so i needed to for me i needed to kind of process that and um work on my mechanics enough to where i felt confident enough and now for me it's it's um just learning how to go play again Mm -hmm. and and you know hit the shots and have confidence in in my ability um and i think that comes a lot with uh just playing playing tournaments and and repetitions. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's a it's a definite work in progress. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a step, step by step process that uh, you know, you you work on mechanics and then you work on performance. And yeah. Um so I've been trying to learn how to transfer that better. Um I feel like my my mechanics have gotten better. Mm -hmm. Um and I can do it more efficiently on the range um and in practice. But uh, learning how to transfer that to competition and on the course yeah. um, is uh, is a whole different situation. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, at least I, I feel like for a long time I felt like there was no hope in progress in my progression. Yep. Um, like I was not getting better, and that's that's like the worst feeling you can have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you feel like you're putting in all this time and effort, and you're not getting better. <laughs> uh, that's that's awful. Yeah. Trust me, it's bad. Yeah. Um, so feeling like I'm making progress, um, and moving in the right direction is, uh, you know, is keeping me going.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So that was kind of from about what 2011 to 2016 ish. And it, you said it's still kind of 17. going now to 17. Yeah. It,
1: it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I can totally relate with that. I had a moment in high school where I just had the duck hooks constantly mm-hmm. and I haven't, mm-hmm. I've intentionally not hit a draw since high school because I don't, it's, it scares me. And I can, so so you're saying, you know, you got a little scar tissue and it, it kind of doesn't leave you when, once you see this like bottoming out, it, it, I I can totally relate. And so there's a little bit of confidence over the ball and trusting that your mechanics are good. And, um, yeah, Yeah,
1: it's, it, it is very tough. It's tough, you know, and, and it's one thing, you know, being able to do it, on the course you know just playing mm-hmm. but to take it to competition and to trust you know your ability um after you've lost it for such a long time it's uh it, it's really tough yeah and um you know it's something that i have questioned a lot um and you know obviously i've had had long talks with uh with my mom um, I'm, you know both of my parents my whole family about you know giving up the game, mm. you know competitively and um, You know doing something else or, or just taking a break from the game, but yeah, I don't know something is just keeping me going yeah. at this point yeah. So yeah, I'm just gonna stick with it. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> awesome. Do it while you can in 2018 um, You've been talking about like you that your confidence and your mental state in the game but then we kind of shift into Something that doesn't even have anything to do with golf, and you come out as the first openly gay professional golfer. And, mm-hmm. um, describe to me that, uh, that moment for you and what that meant, maybe both personally and, uh, for your mental state in the game and, uh, professionally.
1: Yeah. So I, um, obviously it was something that I had been dealing with for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, You know, I was trying to figure out who I was, my identity, and and all that good stuff. And um, you know, it it took me took me a good while to to come to terms with that. Um, Just being able to figure it out, and then being able to accept myself, and then being able to have the courage to like open up to you know my friends and my family. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my my friends were a lot easier to to open up to and, and tell, but uh, my family was was pretty difficult. Um, just a lot of fears and and yeah. you know insecurities and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so probably since twenty probably twenty twelve i I for sure knew that i was I was gay. Um, looking back at it, I probably knew when I was. 16 years old um i had pretty like red flags you know yeah um but uh yeah you know really knowing for sure it was probably about 2012. okay um and then i started coming out to like my friends uh 2014 ish i think um and then i told my mom ending of 2014 uh and she wasn't really I wouldn't say accepting mm-hmm. but she wasn't real supportive of it and i think she just didn't know how to react yeah um so for me it was like oh my god she doesn't love me anymore yeah. you know like yeah. that's just the reaction a lot of us get you yeah. uh, know when we come out to our parents and they're not like 150 percent on board with it you know yeah. um but um but yeah so throughout 2014 to like 2016 17 um, you know, I was kind of dealing with this whole situation, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: obviously, mentally, trying to figure out my golf, and and um, you know, balancing my social life uh, with that was not easy. Yeah. Um, and then hiding my sexuality was was even worse. Um, so, finally, I got to a point where I was like, "I'm tired of this. Like, i I don't want to." So, 2017 was kind of like. My year of accepting myself, I was like, "Okay, whatever, like I don't care yeah um and and I really was okay with that, you know, but I still felt like I was i don't want to say ashamed, but I was still hiding a part of me that you know I felt like I couldn't be myself, yeah, um around a lot of people and it just kind of sucked
2: <laughs> to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Like
1: there's no other way to put it. It just sucked. Yeah. And, um, and for me, I was at the point where I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. I'm not doing it. I can't do it anymore. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. So, um, middle, probably April, May, um, of 2018 I, I made up my mind, like, this is the year I'm going to do it. Like I, I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it took me a lot of months yeah. Yeah. <laughs> later yeah. to to uh, to get the courage to do it. but yeah. um, you know i I just saw so many stories of like other people um, that came out uh, you know, and it helped me when I was struggling, like when I was going through my whole ordeal, mm-hmm. like it helped me and and gave me hope that, you know, maybe like, Maybe one day I can do it too and and be, be confident, you know, and, and, um, and, and, really love myself for, for who I am. And, um, that was something that helped me get through all of my, my stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to be able to do the same for other people. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, I think, I think, um, that it helped, helped a lot of people and, uh, I, I would like to hope so anyway. Yeah. Um, and I'm very uh, very thankful for that yeah
0: yeah, yeah definitely was there any um, as you were kind of processing that was there any um, fear or anxiety or maybe maybe even excitement uh, about being the first golfer uh, for first male uh, golfer and <laughs> and and that um, you had an opportunity to kind of lead the way for other people and mm-hmm. um, help i I can hear in your voice that you're a lot of it is a desire to help was there a golf side of it or was it is it um no
1: no so i didn't even know i was the first oh really openly gay male i I really didn't until i came out and they're like the first openly i was like oh okay Okay. um but i I, obviously at the time like that wasn't my that wasn't my initiative you know yeah um I I just really first of all I was doing it for myself um well actually the stuff on social media wasn't for myself um coming out to my family like an hour prior to the social media yeah. stuff was for myself yeah um but you know doing that was for me and then after I did that I was like I I really just want to I really just want to help other people um that are going through something similar because it can be it can be really scary, and um, obviously, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety and some depression because of it. Um, and it's uh, can be something that is very, um, very scary to go through alone. You know, especially when you feel alone
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like no one really understands you. You feel like no one knows what you're going through. Um, so that's the reason why I really wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's the reason why I did it on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, that part was not for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, just to help other people and, and, you know, being able, and and I didn't expect it to be such a big deal. I wasn't really in the media at that point. Like I'd been, you know, it it was like years since I was really, you know, in the media and, and I really wasn't playing that much great golf. So, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna do it. I figured I would get a lot of messages from my family and my friends, you know, people yeah. on social media. Um, but uh, I did not expect it to be, you know, that big of a a deal in the golf world. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but I'm thankful for it because yeah. I've been able to to you know reach a lot of people. Yeah. So
0: so how was the response from the golf world after you came out?
1: It was really positive. Yeah. Like for me personally, it was very positive um I I didn't really get that many that many negative comments yeah. about it um so I thought that was pretty good um but uh but yeah everyone was very very accepting the Gulf world was obviously you know pretty uh pretty supportive of it yeah. and um I I thought that was really good hmm. um however it, it's very interesting because since I've come out I've kind of Educated myself and been more aware of like the issues that you know we as a, co- a community deal with mm. um, the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, the golf road is not very progressive or inclusive yep. of a lot of issues. Yeah, um, and you know you look on social media and you know obviously my story was very positive, mm-hmm. um, but it's weird because if you look at when the usga or the pga tour posts anything in terms of lgbtq or like racial issues yeah um there's a lot of negative comments that are extremely racist uh wow. extremely homophobic yeah and um it's uh I don't really know how to take it because for me, like obviously my experience, personal experience with it was very positive. So I was like, Yeah, I had this really um great image of like the golf world was so accepting, yeah. you know. Yeah. But you know, now when I look at all these comments, I'm like, man, that's mm. that's really bizarre because mine was so positive. But when you talk about it, uh our community as a whole, um, or or racial issues for that matter um there's a lot of uh there's a lot of negativity towards that yeah and um you know i think we have a lot of uh progress to make in that in that sense mm-hmm. um and i think the golf Road may or may not be ready for that yeah um you know they're they're kind of stuck in their ways in in certain instances and mm-hmm. um i just think it's uh I just think it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. To be blatantly honest, yeah. like we should be beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like we should be able to recognize these minorities that are being discriminated against, um, and be able to address it and and move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and and to recognize that hey, these people are actually being discriminated against, and um, you know by these negative comments you're not helping the situation Mm -hmm. you know if 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 you want to be able to move forward with society and and create a safer space for everybody um it literally needs to be everybody Mm -hmm. you know and um i think a lot of people don't don't get that or don't understand it yeah and um i think the golf world the golf community um professional athletes I think we need to be more outspoken about that sort of issue mm-hmm. um because obviously there's a lot of people that needs to be educated yeah and and i get it that people won't always agree and, and won't always um see eye to eye on it but um you know i think we can definitely do a better job um you know in, in each and every one of ourselves yeah to to be more outspoken and to um you know create change
0: mm-hmm. yeah definitely i i the, the obviously I haven't had an experience like you have, um, but hearing your thoughts on that, I'm I'm not all that surprised. I mean, I, I love golf, I love the golf community. Um, I've actually said several times on the podcast before, um, that the golf world, I think, has an unusually high amount of amazing people. But at the same time, there's almost these two, worlds in the golf community and and the other side mm-hmm. is a, a a side that maybe is a little slow to act or, or slow to catch up with things and so right. like i mean we've had paul tesori on and and ted scott and those guys mm-hmm. i I've, I've, I've talked with a lot of really great people who are just genuine and love people and 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 then also you get this side of golf that that you're talking about that maybe yeah. maybe needs a little more spotlight on like hey this this needs to change and
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i'm I'm thankful that you are who you are and what you're doing because that's bringing to light um how we can change as a golf community and so that's i think that's awesome right. um wh- everything that you just said and mm-hmm. is also spot on um thank so
1: well, thank you and and i i do want to say like um you know Amongst the players, uh, the caddies, um, you know, most, you know, pretty much everyone in the the professional golf world, like organizations and and companies and all of that, everyone's been like awesome. Mm -hmm. Most of the negativity has been like um, the people who follow golf. Yeah. So, um, which I'm not totally surprised with. Yeah. uh, but but yeah, that's that's the issues that I see um, looking at it from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people that are that have negative uh, comments um, towards you know that sort of thing are the people that you know follow golf or watch golf. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much like the pros and yeah. and um, you know the USGA or, or the organizations or any, anyone like that. Yeah. Um, you know it's just the the golf golf followers yeah um. yeah yeah <laughs> definitely
0: definitely um so what would you say is your like if, if you're if there's someone right now who's listening and going through uh, struggling with their identity as well um what would be mm-hmm. your message to them i know you've, you've touched on some things already but if you were to speak yeah. directly to someone because this is specifically in the golf world that's who listens to this show so um mm-hmm. what would you say to them
1: um. Obviously, all of our journeys are so very different. Um, you know, we, our experiences and, um, you know, our our upbringing, our family, our our surroundings, the people that you know we're around, um, obviously have a huge impact on on all of this stuff. Um, you know, if I was if I was living on the on the West Coast in California or somewhere. Where it's a lot more liberal, mm-hmm. um, it probably would have been easier for me to be out and and um, you know accept myself probably a little sooner. Yeah. Um, being in Georgia, like <laughs> in a pretty small town, um, it, it was a little more difficult just because I didn't have like didn't see any out people mm-hmm. and um, I really wasn't like in the community. So you know, o- obviously, all of that has a huge impact on on who we are. Mm-hmm however um i would say to just be patient
2: mm. like
1: don't rush it don't feel like you have to come out i mean shoot i didn't really have to come out yeah. um i could have just gone on with my life and yeah. and just mind, minded my own business you know and and that's totally fine yeah. and and i think that's the way uh that's the way i hope it can be someday
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but I know for me, when I came out, um, obviously, I wasn't doing it for myself at that point. And I knew that there were still a lot of issues that needed to be resolved Mm -hmm. or that still needs to be resolved. Um, There's a lot of hate and discrimination and and all of that stuff. So um, until we can all live free and and equal, um, I will continue to talk about that and and use my voice to to create change. Yeah. but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the greatest advice is just to be yourself.. Yep. I mean, it's pretty simple, yeah. like just you know, just be yourself. and the people who the people who love you and who are meant to be in your life will love you and support you regardless. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes it may not be the people that you expect, and um, you know, sometimes your your family may not be on board with it, mm-hmm. and it sucks. yeah, it totally sucks. But, um, you know, it, in my experiences, being around the LGBTQ community, um, some of the strongest, most empathetic, caring, amazing people um, have gone through the worst. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst, like mm-hmm. some of the, the, the most awful things you can think of. Yeah. And, um, you know, it creates something inside of them that, that um, you know, I think it makes makes someone really special, makes them appreciate uh, appreciate life and appreciate what they have. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you get to sort of create your own family in a way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is very, uh, very special. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, you know, I think just be yourself and, um, just be patient Yeah. And, and, uh, try to try to love yourself the best you can. Yeah. That's
0: good. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit to, uh, back to golf. Um, mm-hmm. You're, so after 2018, 2019, and then 2020 hits, which, oops, I just dropped my phone. Um,
1: yeah, That's I, exactly what 2020 right, is like Right, right. Like, I don't point. think it really needs any <laughs>
0: explanation. But, like, you know, so the golf shuts down um, as well as a bunch of other things. And, you know, you see, if you're following social media and, you know, the the Brooks Kepkas, the Dustin Johnson's, all those sorts of guys, they're just, you know, they're taking a couple months off and they're fine. Um, you as a, a professional golfer, who's trying to grind and realize a dream. What was that like to, for, for everything to just come to a screeching halt? Cause one of the things I love about golf, um, maybe both love and hate is I love that golfers have to perform in order to be paid right and so it's not like it's not like baseball or football where you you, you sign your contract and you're like okay i can coast now yeah um but like that's kind of awful for guys in your shoes who are trying to make a living and you don't you can't even have a chance to perform um Mm -hmm. what where 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 were you at the last like three four months and where are you at now with um With competing and with trying to make it
1: um yeah so everything's been kind of crazy to say the least obviously um with the qualifiers it's a little difficult because you feel like you don't have as many chances to like make it Mm -hmm. so the qualifiers and there's not that many uh qualifiers like in my area that i live in so Mm -hmm. Um, usually there are quite a few um, but obviously with the schedule change and it's it's just been kind of crazy um, but you know it's it, it's just something that you just need to find a way to get the motivation mm-hmm. it's tough because well now it's a little better because things are kind of starting up again mm-hmm. um, you know we're, we're all starting to play more tournaments but for a while there we all of us didn't really know what the heck was going to happen for the rest of the year Um, and working and practicing and, and, you know, with the clubs being closed, some being open. I mean, it was just like, it it, it was just crazy. Um, You know, and, and I think it was tough for me, it was tough getting the motivation, not knowing, not having to prepare for anything. Like we just didn't know what was going to, what was going to happen yeah. or, or when everything was going to open again yeah. so um that was tough you know staying motivated and, and forcing yourself to go practice and, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing um but uh but yeah it, it's difficult i know a lot of guys it, it's sad because i know a lot of guys that this was kind of like their last year their last chance you know to have the money to go play and, and all of this stuff yeah. um and with all of this stuff shut down, obviously, you know, you can't really do that. So, yeah. um, you know, it it, it sucks in, in that sense that, you know, these guys that may have been able to make it has been playing good golf and, you know, then the season gets shut down basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now, I mean, it's basically just mini tours and, yeah. um, you know, a couple of Mondays here and there, but it's, it's not a lot going on. Yeah uh it's um it's a tough situation for all of us really Uh, except maybe the guys on the big tour yeah (laughs) yeah. but even the guys on web I mean it's it's not easy you know and um yeah it's it's just uh just kind of strange yeah
0: so did you have status anywhere uh before the pandemic or and and like where's are you're 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 trying to qualify for um I guess it's corn Ferry now or what you know Mm -hmm. you're that's Mm -hmm. the the level you're you're playing at right now
1: yeah so i'm trying to do like um well without the pandemic i would have done like monday qualifiers obviously for for corn fairy and mm-hmm. um mpga but i think corn fairy would have been kind of like the route that i probably would have tried yeah. more um <clears throat> and then mainly because they have more spots in their qualifiers so it's a little easier to get into okay. um, but uh. But yeah, I had status in Canada for two years okay. um, on the Mackenzie tour, yep. um, and then but I didn't do that for the past couple of years. Um, so I've just been doing you know qualifiers and and mini tours yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: cool. So what's kind of your what's your uh, what are your goals right now? What are you uh, working towards, and what are you hoping for? And
1: well. Um, <laughs> That's a tough one because the, the goals kind of had to rearrange for the year. Yeah. Um obviously I would I would have liked to um you know try to get on web. Mm-hmm. Um obviously PGA is like the, the first choice, yeah. but uh, it's tough to get on the on the big tour now without you know being able to go through Q school and stuff. Um so web is kind of the most, I guess, reasonable um opportunity to, to work my way up. So getting web stat are corn fairy status um, you know would have been the the first priority and then uh, kind of take it from there but um, I think for the rest of this year I'm just gonna try to play some mini tours and, and just get my game um, in shape and and just get some confidence yeah and I think uh, you know just playing tournaments and, and putting myself in that situation is is the only way I can get better at this point mm-hmm. um, you know obviously there's a lot of uh there's technical work that I can do and, and all that stuff yeah. too, but um, you know, just getting confidence and, and trusting my ability again, mm-hmm. um, like we talked about earlier is, is something that uh, I need to work on. I think we all can work on obviously, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the, I think that's kind of my main priority this year. Um, just play tournaments and hopefully put myself in contention um, as much as I can because that's the pressure that you don't, don't get to feel very often. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's fun. I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy the competition and,
0: um, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, one of the questions that I love wrapping up with is, um, what is your, fa- your favorite golf course you've ever played?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah? <laughs> that's a hard one. Um, oh my gosh, that's a hard one
0: uh you can choose a couple if you don't have just one
1: okay <laughs> I'll, I'll choose a couple um so as far as like scenic views uh, um pebble is really special okay uh there's a uh course in switzerland where they play the mega european masters um in cron uh it's uh that place is probably probably number one on my list okay. as far as um just scenic. Uh it's it's just like breathtaking. Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah. Uh it's it's a it's a good golf course too. Um kind of an old style, short, small greens, um kind of a couple of quirky holes, but um it's it's a good course. Um wingfoot. Okay. Wingfoot's yeah. gotta be in my top top three probably yep. um and then see one more um probably hudson national okay uh in in new york okay um pretty exclusive club uh that's 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 probably my top top four i would say okay, um, yeah.
2: But, but yeah, awesome.
1: but yeah I, I have a lot yeah I, I don't have like one that's like oh my gosh this is my favorite course but Yeah um i played a lot of good ones and and um yeah it's it's tough because some of lake pebble this the scenery is like amazing but i don't like the golf course oh yeah a couple of funky holes okay um there's too many blind shots on that course for my liking um i like courses that are like kind of straight in front of you if you play it, like you can play it without a caddy. Like you can just go out and know, like, okay, this is kind of where I need to hit it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, that's kind of that's my kind of course really. Okay. I like the old style courses, like Donald Ross courses and stuff. Um, but uh oh no, okay. I I do there's <laughs> one, one more. Um yeah, I do Tacoma Country Club. Oh yeah. In Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Yes. Um I played sectionals there a couple of years ago. It was so hard. I think the greens were like 14 and a half or 15 oh, on the stem. Oh, and it was, the greens were so firm. It, it, the course is super short, real narrow, obviously, you know, Pacific Northwest, huge trees and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like, the greens were so, <laughs> so insane. Yeah. It, by by far the most difficult greens I've ever
0: wow. played, okay. played
1: on. Um, yeah i'll have
0: to look that one up if, that's if
1: anyone if anyone gets the chance to play there like go it's for me um it's a very old style course i loved it it's right in front of you you kind of know exactly where to hit it um it's not not long but man the greens are crazy i i, I mean i think the greens are pretty good for the most part like all year long yeah. but um <laughs> they had it really difficult yeah. It was, yeah oh it was it was like borderline unplayable. really, really? <laughs> it, but um, uh, but but it was so it was fun i mean you, you just don't get to see that very often yeah. and um it, it was just fun. yeah was that's, just
0: cool. Fun. that's cool that's yeah. cool awesome well if if any of our listeners want to uh follow you see what you're up to where can they uh where can they go to do that
1: um i'm most active on instagram okay. um i am somewhat active on twitter um probably least active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I think if you search my name, um, in any of those, um, Todd, would you call him? My, my account should, should pop up. Um, but yeah. Cool.
0: And I'll, I'll tag you in everything thank that I you. post and, uh, yeah. Sounds thank good. you for being thanks. here and best of luck with everything. We'll be following, seeing what you do. And
2: yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for letting me speak a little too much. But, oh no, um, we loved it. No, it was fun.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and rate The Looper wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Looper Podcast.
2: Talk to you next time.